Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The losing streak's over. It did not reach 10. And that was, I think, maybe, possibly, in part because the manager made every effort to prioritize winning the game. Insert gasp. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or hockey. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 6, Cardinals 4. Brian Reynolds with a two-run homer late in the game to break the 4-4 tie. Rwanzi Contreras pitched pretty well. Will Crow did what Will Crow does. And then David Bednar came in for two and two-third innings. To close it out, Elroy face style. What do you know, huh? Meaning, what do you know about Derek Shelton taking the outcome seriously? I mean, not that he would acknowledge such a thing. Uh, when asked afterward by reporters in St. Louis why he used Bednar over a three-inning span for the longest save the Pirates have had since Jason Christensen going back to the 90s, throwing it way, way back. Shelton's response was ah, as technical as it usually is. We knew the spot where we, we needed him. We needed punch outs. He came in and got the punch outs. The, the fact that he was able to go back out in the eighth and and be efficient, you know, led it to the point. And the fact that we have the off day and he'd only thrown two times in the last, uh, I think, seven or eight days kind of led all of it into the perfect storm of letting him go out for that. Nope, nothing in there about how, hey, we really needed to end this losing streak. We're really starting to hang our heads here. We're hurting players' development. Uh, we're starting to embarrass ourselves at times like we had done the day before with five errors and a doubleheader sweep by the Cardinals. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. It was just we were monitoring his pitch count. We saw where he was on this trajectory or that trajectory, and we went with his pitch count of 26 through the eighth inning and thought he can get us another, you know, he can say that, okay, but he didn't have, because he couldn't have had, a similar explanation for the way he used Bednar out in L.A. Remember that? 
to get the sweep, the 50 pitch finish, getting 50 pitches out of his closer while his players all around him, that dugout railing at Dodger Stadium, were hanging on every single pitch because they wanted that sweep of Major League Baseball's richest and best team. They wanted the Pirates' own first sweep in a couple of years. They wanted that good feeling. A lot of them were rookies. A lot of them had never been in a stadium with 50,000-plus people, at least not as players. And even there, you know, Shelton wouldn't say, yeah, we really wanted that one. We wanted the W. It was all something about, you know, Bednar looking strong and being built like an ox and whatever else. And this explanation from last night in St. Louis is even colder in that regard. Here's the thing. I'm not really buying it. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern. That's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. There's a tendency in this town among some who follow this team to equate Shelton with John Russell. And that's so far off the mark. Take it from somebody who covered both guys and got to know both guys. They have nothing in common. And I'm not saying that as a, you know, an insult to one or the other. They're just not the same people. JR was a consummate pro who was not at all outward with his emotions and really didn't do a whole heck of a lot of talking. That wasn't a good fit in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh, we like our managers to be like Jim Leland, turning over the food table after a tough loss, or like Clint Hurdle, who really, really did a terrific job of fitting in with the community in a lot of ways, including when it was appropriate, showing emotion. Shelton, when compared to JR, is, man, they're they're just not the same guy. Shelton is really outgoing, really uh, gregarious, as I'm sure you've heard him described, not just by me, but by others. He doesn't just engage in conversation, he initiates it. And I think to most people that would be obvious, but I guess that the JR thing gets attached to him just because people want to see him freak out over the losing. And that's not who he is. He is that guy who got his first big league managing job from Ben Charrington, who wants to do things a certain way through this stage of the overall organization's maturity. And if Charrington tells him, hey, listen, this year doesn't matter, and as I'm sure he did in one way or another back to this spring, then Shelton can say, all right, well, hey, the year doesn't matter. Let's just do what the boss wants. But along the way, you know, I'm also the guy that's in this clubhouse. I'm also the guy that's 
in this dugout. I'm the guy that has to go out to the mound and take the ball away from a starting pitcher and give it to bleeping Anthony Bonda or whatever because some rotational pitching chart that's mapped out days, even weeks in advance showed that this was Bonda's turn to pitch today. Never mind that there's a nice lead in the sixth inning and Mitch Keller could have really used a pick-me-up W, like the one he'd earned earlier this week. Clearly, I haven't gotten past that one, huh? So I'd like to think, and maybe this is wishful on my part, maybe it's naivety, okay? I'm not going to state this as if it's scripture, but I'd like to think that there's a part of Shelton that last night said, you know what, I'm not, I'm not doing this. I'm not going back to Pittsburgh with a 10-game losing streak. I'm just not. We all know O'Neill Cruz is coming up soon. We want that crowd to be at least somewhat optimistic or uh, entering the ballpark with a decent feel. I'm not taking a 10-game losing streak back to Pittsburgh. I've got my only good starter going, with all due respect to the other guys, at least the ones who've earned it in Rowanzi Contreras. I've got Crow available to pitch multiple innings if needed, and I've got Bednar, who hasn't been all that active. And this is what I'm going to do. If my team has a lead or a tie or is even close tonight, I'm going to go with my best guys. I'm going to trust my best guys tonight. I don't have many of them. Certainly not anymore. But I've got Crow and Bednar. And if Contreras can just get me to like the fifth inning, I'm going to find a way to finish off these last four or whatever's needed. I'd like to think that's what happened. Just allow me to have that for now, okay? When we come back, J1Q. Today's J1Q comes from Bob Elliott, who says, DK, on yesterday's Daily Shot, you mentioned that... Ben Charrington's teams, while he's been GM, have come in last place six of his past seven seasons. It begs the thought uh, to me, so the field managers of those teams just blindly follow his direction? Is this approach to leadership at the major league level not frustrating to Derek Shelton? He would never tell you, but it makes you wonder how much he questions his higher-ups when no one is around. Um... You're right. Okay, Bob, let's start with that. You're right that he would never question, Shelton would never question the people above him. Uh, He's got a real good grasp of what the organization overall, obviously topped by Charrington, wants to accomplish and how they want to accomplish it. They don't talk to people like you or me about dates then that goes on the record, off the record. They just don't get into this year or that year is going to be the one. But you'd better believe it comes up between them. You'd better believe that they're all aware of when Quinn Priester has uh, a good day in the minors or when Michael Burrows, who's been pretty much the pitching star of the system this year, 
gets promoted from Altoona to Indianapolis, as he did a couple of days ago. They know who's there. They have at least an idea of where and how they'll fit when they get to Pittsburgh. And Charrington is a star at keeping his own people focused on that broader view. Way, way more so than his predecessor, I dare say. That is all Charrington sees. That's why he's allowing this roster to drag along two catchers hitting a buck 20. That's why he's got Anthony Bonda on this roster. That's why he brings in Yu Chang for a glorified tryout. He's only looking at that bigger, broader thing whenever he happens to have in his mind that that'll take place. And yes, even Charrington has acknowledged that there's going to be a disparity in the approach between a general manager and his field manager because Charrington doesn't have to go into the clubhouse after the game or get on the team bus or the team plane and look at all those faces who are looking back at him going, really, Bonda, that's who you thought was a good idea to bring in in the sixth inning with a 5 nothing lead? You wanted to throw the game right there? Charrington doesn't have to see that. Charrington doesn't have to experience that. Shelton does. Could it be? Should it be? Frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. He's not human if it isn't. And I just don't get that sense from him to go back to the JR thing. He's not that guy. And I, I'll say it again. I'd like to think that what we saw at Dodger Stadium and what we saw last night with his pitcher usage, even though he can't do that on a regular basis, and I'm not advocating that, can't have Crow and Bednar pitch all of the innings every time your team's leading, okay? So please don't misunderstand that part. But what you can do is identify when your team really needs it and prioritize the winning, the game, right in front of you. Because someday, that switch, certainly on the part of the field manager, is going to have to be fully flipped. And even seeing tiny traces of it now is, I don't know, somewhat encouraging. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow when I'll be heading back over to PNC Park to cover Pirates versus Giants. 